what on earth are you getting me up at this time midweek for? Just, just this is the reason Justin doesn't get uh, Piers Morgan's job on GM TV because he can't go out of his bed in the morning. It's half eleven, Justin. It's noon nearly, and the sun's shining. It's a beautiful day, and we're joined by Max Vaughan of the White Peak Distillery in the Peak District. Good morning, Max. How are we? Yeah, morning, gents. Yeah, very good actually, and it's uh, it's the same time over here. So uh, I've been up a while. Allegedly so. <laughs> Allegedly so. Uh... Now, Max. You're currently at the very end of a crowdfunding campaign. Um, how's it went? Yeah, it's been amazing. We've, um, yeah, we, we're sort of 27 days into a 30 day campaign. Um, we, yeah, we set out to raise uh, an amount of money, um, half a million pounds. And yeah, we've, uh, we've raised um, nearly 250% of that. So, it's just been phenomenal the support we've had. Uh, we've got another eight hundred and fifty odd shareholders who, yeah, hopefully are going to be um, sort of advocates for the business going forward. So it's just been great. We, you know, we've spent the last three years working really hard trying to lay down um, the best spirit we can and. Um, yeah, we're just at that point where we need to bring in some more resources to help with promotion and sales and marketing, and that's what the crowdfunding is all about. Uh, no, there's a level it's, of investment. It's uh, impressive, Marty, isn't it? I mean, it, it's st stunning. I mean, you've laid down how many bottles already? Uh, well, we've laid down nearly a thousand casks. So, as you guys will know, yeah, it depends what strength you want to bottle at, uh, but broadly speaking, four hundred thousand bottles. Yeah, put it like this, I, I saw this story popping up and I thought, what a vote of confidence. Uh, tell, us, tell us about White Peak, tell us about the, the place that people have been investing in. Yeah, sure. So we're, uh, we're in, a, in Derbyshire, sort of uh, in the middle of England. We're based in an area called the, the Derwent Valley. Um, and there's some really interesting heritage here. It's sort of industrial heritage. So um, cotton mills that date back to the, the 18th and 19th century. Uh, and we're in an area that's uh, a UNESCO World Heritage Site that has that designation uh, because of the, I guess, the fathers of the factory system or the Industrial Revolution. Um, and the site that we're on used to be a former wireworks. So from 1876 to 1996, they made large cables and wires and they exported these things all over the world and uh, including suspension bridges in north america and that sort of i, I suppose that dna of uh, of making things for the long term you know making things properly making things well using good materials it, it's um it's all really a sort of legacy that you know, we've tried to adopt in terms of our approach to building the distillery and, and developing our whiskey. Um, so the business has been going for five years now, um, five years from the really boring bit when you have to sort of set th something up with company's house. Um, yeah. And it basically took us two years to um, salvage the buildings to some extent because they hadn't been used since 1996 until we landed in 2017. Um, and they were in a bad state of disrepair. They're beautiful buildings, uh, Georgian era, uh, but they needed new roofs, new power supply, new water supply. Um, so that was kind of the first couple of years was salvaging the buildings and installing the distillery. 
And we've been making whiskey now for, uh, well, nearly three years. So the first cask that we ever filled on the 3rd of May, 2018, has nearly hit its magical birthday. It's almost almost there. Happy birthday. Get me, get me cam Don't be putting a candle in the warehouse for everything. <laughs> That's, no, not no. Good That's not a good idea. But no, uh, so you did the gin, you went down the gin route first, and then whiskey. Was whiskey always a priority or the mix of the two? Because I know some people have different ambitions when they start. Yeah. No, I mean, this dream for, for me was always about whiskey. Um, and so 95% of our investment, into not financial, in terms of blood, sweat and tears, um, has all gone into whiskey. And 95% of what we do on a daily basis is make whiskey. Uh, so it's always been about the whiskey. Uh, obviously, when you look at that business model, uh, starting <laughs> something where, yeah. you know, even even with a following wind, uh, you're not going to have any revenue from your uh, main product for at least five years, then yeah. it's obviously it just you look at ways of potentially filling that gap. Um, and clearly, everyone knows the, the, the gin market's been very buoyant in recent years. Uh, there's certainly an enormous number of craft gin brands out there. Uh, and because it's a white spirit that doesn't require aging, um, it was just something that uh, seemed like a, you know, a good point for us to start and get people familiar with what we were doing. It so turns out that our head distiller uh, joined us from a, another distillery where they, they've got a very successful gin. So we had someone that knew how to, to make gin. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it, it's really helped. It's helped with our distillery tours. Um, the, I mean, the pandemic to one side, you know, we've had uh, thousands of people through our doors to come and do a distillery tour. Mainly we talked to them about whiskey making, but we also want them to be able to sample some of our spirits. And, and currently there's no whiskey to sample. So gin has helped, um, has helped fill that gap in as well. And, and on top of that, we've now got some relationships with stockers, sockets and distributors um, yeah. that are going to be important long term. Did you have to go down the hand gel route during the middle of the pandemic? <laughs> well, we didn't have to. There was no one sort of twisting our arm. <laughs> um but we did we made some um some hand sanitizer and like a number of other distilleries and we use the world health uh, organization formulation that requires access to ethanol essentially yeah. uh, as the main ingredient so yeah we made a few hundred liters and we gave with a few exceptions we gave it all away uh, so we gave it away to frontline workers uh local NHS hospitals, doctors, um, community nurses, schools, the emergency services, care homes. Um, and we we also used it to try and support our own business. So for a while, yeah. we were entirely reliant on our website for selling gin. So uh, we were giving away sort of bottles of, uh, of hand sanitizer just to try and encourage people to uh, carry on buying from us so um and it, it, it's been great it, it sort of it gave us a bit of a boost in all honesty yeah. um, at a time when the you know last april may you know the world wasn't looking so great from a, a business point of view um yeah. but it just made us feel good that we were able to help uh, other yeah. people in some ways 
Yeah, that's congratulations because there's a lot of people. A lot of people stepped up to the mark, and in some ways, it's been. There's lots of people have done lots of good things during lockdown, and the distillers have have certainly been part of that. Now you mentioned tours. You're opening again for tours. Is it next month you're opening again? Yeah, back end of May, uh, essentially. If the you know we're going yeah. with the government timetable uh, for as long as we don't hit reverse gear. Yeah. Um, so we're currently planning to restart our distillery tours. And look, that's been a huge gap in our yeah. lives for the last twelve months because we always envisage the distillery to be a, a destination for visitors exactly. and to showcase what we're doing. Well, back back when the world was normal, Justin and I are, are guides, tour guides for right. Northern <laughs> so you can imagine, or just disappeared. Yeah. Um, now, there's no heritage of whiskey distilling in your area. There, so why did you pick the Peak District? Why did you pick, uh, you know, where you did? Yeah, I mean, that's very true. Um, it's it was a, a sort of dream of mine that I carried for four or five years of setting up my own distillery. And I'm a whiskey enthusiast at the end of the day. Uh, I don't come from a drinks or spirits background. I've visited lots of distilleries over the years. Uh, and Derbyshire is where I'm from. It's my home. And I just looked at Derbyshire and the Peak District and thought, this would be a great place to establish a distillery. Yeah. It's got, you know, it's got a certain ruggedness that I, for me, you know, just feels like the kind of place that should have its own distillery. Yeah. And years ago I Googled and there'd never been any whiskey made here in Derbyshire. Well, not legally. Uh, not <laughs> legally. Yeah. Um, so, th so that was interesting. And then finally, I think if you look at a number of the new craft distilleries, uh, often you'll find them setting up in places where there's already a decent tourism footfall. Yeah. And there's 13 million people a year come to the Peak District. So Heights of Abraham is the big thing. Near yeah, here. that's yep. just up the road from us. So, you know, Chatsworth House, um, they get 600,000 visitors a year alone. So we just thought, well, look, this is really interesting. It's kind yeah. of fertile territory. Whiskey's never been made here before, but we've already got lots of people visiting the area. So, yeah. uh, and it's also where we're from, an area we love. Good. It, uh, the, the English whiskey scene is, is growing apace. I, I don't think a lot of people have maybe cottoned on that there's lots and lots of whiskey now being made in England. Um, and it's because it doesn't have the, if you like, the, the, the constraints of Scottish whiskey or even Irish whiskey for that matter, in some ways you, you have a bit of a free run to do new things, if you like. Um, are you what are you what are you focusing on what what's your whiskey going to be about yeah look i mean that's really true marty i think um at last count there's something like 30 licenses have been issued by hmrc to make whiskey in england and there's certainly 20 odd distilleries that are already making it um, yeah. and probably I, th I think if if people are honest probably half of that number would characterize themselves as being whiskey distilleries and mm -hmm. then the other half they make a number of spirits of which whiskey might be one um, but we're certainly in that kind of former camp we're a we're a whiskey distillery yeah um, and ge generally speaking they're all relatively modest in terms of scale uh, but in terms of number uh, yeah there's a decent number of them and yeah there's some exciting spirit being made and one of the things as you say is that 
there's less kind of stricture around rules and regulations. Uh, we're obviously all trying to make really good quality spirits, uh, but there's certainly a sense in which there's a bit more scope for innovation. Um, one of the things that we've really focused on is we, um, well, sort of backing up a bit, we, we didn't have the kind of financial luxury to um, retain a consultant to do everything for us and then hand us the keys to a, a nice shiny whiskey distillery. So we did a lot of it ourselves. We also had to work with good uh, engineers and, and many of them local. But that must have been a very steep learning curve, Max, yeah. for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and one of the things I did early on was I, I, I identified the fact that I didn't know how to make whiskey. So <laughs> we, we hired our head distiller in November 2016 um, 18 months before we uh, before we fired up our whiskey stills. But the great thing about that was I was sat around a table uh, going through the design and engineering phase uh, with, with some engineers. Um, I had Sean sat alongside me um, and he was able to sort of input his experience from having worked in a distillery. Um, and we wind forward the clock today and he's now running a distillery that he helped design with yeah. me. So there's no better way, in my view, to um, sort of produce whiskey than to be involved from that early stage because the design and the layout of the distillery and the design of your equipment has a bearing on the type of spirit you make. So, yeah. you know, we were making some of those decisions early on. Our stills, for example, were handmade to our design by Macmillan's up in Scotland, mm -hmm. uh, and they obviously contribute something to the style. But one of the things we've really focused on is fermentation, um, and one of the, and within that, um, we're doing long fermentation, so ninety six mm -hmm. hours. But we also That's use cool. live brewers yeast that we go and collect every week from a brewery in the Peak District, um, and there's some we get some really interesting flavors with that yeast, and it links. Derbyshire's first ever whiskey to over 200 years of heritage of making beer. Yeah. Um, so for us, that's, that's one of our USPs, fermentation yeah. and yeast. So with it being a long fermentation, you'll, you'll be getting lots of estuary notes. You know, it'll be very fruity. Um, is yeah. that, that style you're going for? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we're getting a, a, a lot of those fruity esters. Certainly the new make, it's kind of dried fruit is the way it mm -hmm. comes across. So raisins, sultanas, apricots, that kind of thing. Um, and we're shooting for a whiskey that's going to come to fruition relatively young. And so the still designs, for example, encourage a lot of copper contact, a lot of reflux, to cut out some of the heavier compounds. Yeah. So we're producing a relatively smooth, fruity, new make spirit, and it's lightly peated. And that's another thing that's relatively unique about us. Uh, yeah. Our core expression is is a lightly peated single malt. I do like I do like peat. Um, I, 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 I like uh, peaty, briny, uh, but there's a lot of people going down the making uh, the sherry cast sweet finishes. And, which are fine. My sort of go-to everyday whiskey is Black Bush, so I do like a sherry finish, but I don't think there's enough of the, 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 the drier, uh, briny um, peat coming out, you know. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a flavour profile that I've always enjoyed. We didn't necessarily want to be identified as producing peated whiskey. The, the light peat was far more about the background sort of yeah. flavour complexity that we think it brings. 
uh, and certainly at the time, and I think it's still the case today, there's no other English distilleries making a lightly peated spirit as their as their core house style. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for us, it was all about flavour, and we, we're really pleased that we sort of made that decision early on. Now, are you uh, cask finishing uh, bourbon cask root? Yeah, we've got a bit of a mixture. So we've got some bourbon casks that we uh, import directly from Heaven Hills Distillery, obviously in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. um, and we've been working with them right from the beginning. So that's great. We've got this uh, a great supply of yeah. fresh casks or barrels um, and they we ship them whole. So they've not been adulterated or taken apart, which I kind of like. Yeah, uh, we're shipping mainly air, but we get good cast. <laughs> um, say the cost of that's <laughs> yeah quite expensive. It is, yeah. But long term, I think there's no uh, substitute for uh, you know for the, making those decisions around quality. Yeah. Um, we're also using uh, the sort of the STR cask, the the ex wine casks uh, refurbished. That comes from a a family owned cooperage in Porto in Portugal. Uh, we've done some interesting things with those casks. We've had uh, different char levels. We've used uh, different types of oak uh, within the same cask. Okay. Um, and then we've got some virgin oak casks that we've recently started filling. Those, again, have come from Kentucky. Um, and we filled some port casks as well. But the probably the mainstay is bourbon and STR. Um, yeah. One of the things that I'm personally really excited about is... Uh, rum casks. So uh, rum's a whole different topic, but we started making our own rum uh, about 18 months ago and we spent a good year researching how to make it. So we make it from scratch. We import a product from South America. It's basically um, desiccated sugarcane juice. Um, and we've learned a lot about fermentation and yeast and we kind of extended our knowledge for whiskey making. Um, and so we've laid down uh, about 20 casks full of rum, um, which we're really excited about in terms of the product itself. But actually, what I'm really excited about beyond that is that we're going to be able to do some rum cask maturation for our whiskey. <laughs> that yeah. it, it's not novel uh, in terms of it's out there already, but I can't name a single whiskey distillery that's aging in rum cask where the rum that was first in that cask was produced in-house. So that's something that we're really excited about in the future. Yeah. It's, uh, it all sort of goes hand in hand. You've, you've touched on getting from the beer to the gin, whiskey, rum. You know, it, it's fabulous. It really is. Uh, we're getting uh, some questions in here, Marty. Uh, Trevor Watson is saying, what's the price range for the sort of standard bottles, uh, Max? Yeah, so our first release is due out in October. So we haven't actually sold any bottled whiskey yet. Um, so we haven't made any definitive decisions around pricing. But what I would say is that we, we're obviously making what we believe is a premium spirit. We're a craft producer, so we're not a mass producer. Uh, so you're going to see a price point that reflects that. But I think equally, we want our spirit to be uh, relatively accessible. So um, I, I, the, the first release is going to have 
um, perhaps a, a, a bit of a price point that reflects, the, you know, the nature of that being something that's a one-off for the yeah. for the distillery. But I think on a go-forward basis, you know, I'd like to think that we're in somewhere of the kind of, I suppose the the mid to high forties in terms of price point in the current market. Yeah. Um, I I don't see us being priced at over fifty pounds in terms of you know a regular. Uh, price point the first release is probably going to be a shade over 50 pounds but it won't be over 60. right good because <laughs> it makes it accessible for lots of people you know well yeah i mean obviously there's a you know there's a balancing act there when you're yeah. not a mass producer but we want people to to buy our whiskey to be able to enjoy it um and and you know hopefully it's one of those bottles that people will have some pride in showing their you know their friends and family when they Absolutely. when they get it out but but also one where people it's not so expensive that people are afraid to open it yeah exactly uh, now today's national tea day so if anybody, i saw someone asking where my guinness was well it's national tea day and every day should start, every day should be a tea day in my opinion actually somebody else was commenting about the time difference we're actually uh, two minutes 46 seconds behind you officially <laughs> some, some, something like something like that but eric van der ein says hi guys from belgium great to see a, a show on at noon although i'm a great fan and follower of irish whiskey review which usually airs saturday night 10 p.m yeah. on youtube and facebook it's sometimes too late for me. A Belgian that goes to bed before midnight. <laughs> Therefore, I love your podcast, which you can get an anchor and wherever you get your yeah. podcast from. And I, I love the fact that you're giving an English distillery a chance to promote their product. Absolutely. Yes, we're pleased to have Max from Absolutely. White Peak on. Now, the crowdfunding, it finishes on Friday. So people have only two days left. Now, yeah, basically today... Thursday and then midnight Friday it finishes um, and yeah we, we'll we're not going to stop it early now uh, we we we've thought about doing it but um, yeah so three days left we I think um, yeah as I said to begin with, at the start we've I think we've got about 850 new shareholders which is just brilliant oh. and um, yeah we're just a a, a shade below 1.2 million which is fabulous yeah it's fabulous it, it's going to give us a great platform a great financial platform to basically realize our ambitions and um you know put, put some uh shoulder behind promotion and sales and marketing and get some people in that can help us with all of that it's fun it's, i mean it's such a vote of confidence in what you're doing it really is now people can buy in for as little as 10 pounds um so the the share price is 10 pounds um there's no obligation to buy more than one share obviously um you know you can any multiple of 10 pounds is entirely up to you there that's are the, some, that's the justin range that's where justin comes out of <laughs> multiples of 10. there are there are some rewards that we have offered and those don't kick in until uh the 500 pound mark um and they there's a few other tiers that go that, that go all the way up so we've you know we've had quite a few people invest uh, ten thousand pounds, twenty thousand pounds, and at, at those levels, actually, the the tickets are nearly full now. Uh, so yeah, as you say, it's been a it's been a really great show of support for the business, but also for the team that's here. It's um, you know I can tell you, that there's only six of us, and you know we've all had you know big smiles on our faces the last two or three weeks because we now know we've got this 
um, financial platform to take the business to the next stage. It is, it's great. It's great that just an ordinary punter can just have a have an investment in in a company and very accessibly do that. So there's only two days left, folks. So if you want to get in on this and give uh, Max and the team uh, a show of support, why not? Yeah, well, it's all so all the, there's information on our website whitepeepistillery.co.uk it's being run through the crowdcube platform but uh you can find the information from our website um and yeah whether you whether it's an investor at 10 pounds or twenty thousand pounds you know everyone's treated uh in the same way as you know as being a, a supporter of of what we're doing um yeah. so um you know for us the the best supporters we've had over the years are our close followers, and I can't think of anyone closer than a shareholder. So uh, I think it, they're, they're going to be great for the business to have this community, this little army of fans behind us. Yeah, I wish you every success. I think um, where you are is just stunningly beautiful. I love seeing the fact that England is getting in on whiskey and making their own stuff. Uh, I look forward to tasting your, your product in October. Uh, the long fermentation, I like this because I, I I think fermentation, the more I find out, the more I think fermentation is actually the key to whiskey. Um, I think we, we think so, Marty. I think it's uh, it's not been a historically and I'm, going, I'm talking, you know, many, many years ago. I don't think it was a focus, uh, but I think people are starting to understand that the flavor that you can generate during fermentation and don't forget fermentation is the only point in the process where you're creating alcohol exactly um, and it's also really key in terms of creating flavor and so don't, don't you'll start the, the the terrorists the terrorists will be on the job here <laughs> now max there will be <laughs> yeah that, that's a that's a conversation that uh yeah i'm not uh, i'm not qualified to participate in uh, well tomorrow tomorrow we are interviewing a lady who is qualified to talk about it. Uh, we're going to be interviewing Grace O'Reilly from the Waterford Distillery. She's, oh, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to be interviewing well, her. I really love what Waterford are doing. Um, There's a lot I, to love about it. Yeah. And, and look, one of my favourite distilleries of all time is Brook Laddie. Uh, and I suppose, you know, we all know that Mark Rainier was being behind both. And... Um, yeah, so it's. Uh, it, I think it's. I think it's great to see what Waterford are doing. I think, it, you know, it must be really nice to have the. I guess the 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 financial uh, capacity to do some of that really deep research. Yeah. I will put. Uh, I think the fact that he was able to do that. There's been other people have been sort of touching on it, but as you say, it's very expensive to get to get that research done because you have to employ proper professional scientists and and you can't just google you can't just google and hope for the best it's, yeah no absolutely and sort of you sort of take uh, you know hats off to what waterford are doing yeah. but, but it's uh you know the financial barrier to doing it is pretty high for yeah. you know for, for the, yeah. the average craft distillery and the, the, to put that financial investment into doing it is is really i i'd be honest with you I'm, I'm saying this, don't let Waterford hear this. Uh, for a long time, I was like, I'll, I'll leave it until the, the, the dust settles on it because it just was, there's all these explosions of bottles appeared and then they went on to market auctions and it was hard to get the head around. But as it's all settled down, I'm getting more and more into it and thinking, I really like what they're doing. Here, listen, even Smarties didn't think blue Smarties would work and blue Smarties are my favourite. <laughs> oh, no. Now, 
we're going to let you go, Max, because I know you're very, very busy. Um, it's been great talking to you. Thank you very much for coming on, and we'll we'll touch base later on in the year. That's great, Marty, Justin. Thank you for inviting me on. It's been lovely to talk to you all, and I'm just sorry I didn't bring my cup of tea. No, no, there's always room for tea. Always room for tea. You're an Englishman. You've probably had 20 cups already <laughs> this morning. I think I don't know that. Listen, yes, I, had, I, had a, I had a guy around to put carpet down in my house once in England, and he had a cup of tea before he put the carpet down, a cup of tea in the middle, of it, and a cup of tea after he went. He must have had 25 quid's worth of biscuits out of me before he, <laughs> the day was even over. Um, anyway. You have plenty. You have twenty-five pounds worth of baskets at all times. So he's only he's only nibbling around the edges. Just but, but that was Yorkshire. That wasn't the peak district. Uh, anyway, Max, Yorkshire thank you team. very much. All right. Yeah. Cheers, uh, guys. Nice take care. Afternoon to you.